first start, you don't really know like what's the worst thing that can happen to you. Honestly, most of the time it's just bombing, which doesn't feel great, but it's not like if you bomb, like you can't do comedy anymore. Welcome to the 13th episode of On the Grid, a podcast dedicated to the Valley of the Sun. This podcast is a place where you can come to meet the creators and newsmakers taking this metropolis to the next level, a place where you can learn about what's really happening in Phoenix. My name is Philip Haldeman, and I will be your host. On this episode of On the Grid, our guest is Genevieve Rice. She's the producer of the Bird City Comedy Festival, featuring more than 100 funny artists from throughout the country performing stand-up, improv, sketch comedy, and storytelling at nearly 10 venues in Central Phoenix. And it's coming soon, folks, April 6th through April 9th. Phoenix has become a town where you can pretty much see comedy every night of the week. The city's seen significant growth in this area, and Genevieve Rice, she certainly nudged it along. Genevieve, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I really want to talk about Bird City Comedy Festival, but first, for people who don't know you, you grew up in Oklahoma, but what brought you out here to Phoenix? Uh, basically, I was engaged to a guy that lived out here, and then I came out here and we broke up. And uh... How did you meet the guy? I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> uh, MySpace. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So you met him over my... Did you ever meet him personally before he came out yeah oh yeah okay. <laughs> oh no I'm not crazy okay <laughs> so he you did the whole long-term thing for a little bit back and forth yeah we we basically like we had been talking on MySpace for about a year and a half and uh he was in a relationship and I was doing nothing and he was like we want to meet up sometime I'm in town for a conference and yeah and wow. we just uh from then on we would we dated a couple months where we were going back and forth like probably every couple weeks so well, yeah. <laughs> we are happy you are here. Yeah. Me so, too. <laughs> has comedy always been in your life, or is this a newer development? I I started doing stand up actually about a year before I left Oklahoma. So okay. I actually started uh, in Oklahoma City when the scene was about twenty people, and really we just had like a club and we had uh, an open mic night on a Tuesday. At a bar or? Yeah, it was like an Italian restaurant uh, named Othello's gave us a stage. And it was it was great. Like it was a huge hit. Yeah, it was in Norman, Oklahoma, which is a big college town. And we had a good audience. We got like, I think it was like seven to ten minutes, which oh, wow. is insane <laughs> for like a bunch of comics. That's a lot of time, I would yeah. think, when you're kind of new to it, I guess, you know? Yeah. And like most of the people in the scene had been doing comedy for like six months maybe a year like there were a few people that had been doing it a couple years longer but so uh, was there a watershed moment in your life uh comedian life where you're like okay i can do this or i i think i might be good at this even you know yeah um i mean i used to be really nervous when i first started like uh i really i would get stage fright like all the time i'd still go, go up there and do it and i did fine but like it was before each show, it was two hours of writing out my mm. jokes word for word, like making sure I had them memorized and like kind of freaking out if I forgot a word or, and after a while it, it became a lot easier. Like I, I kind of figured it out. Like I just, I, I started getting a lot less nervous. Uh, I didn't start writing out my sets word for word. Like, you know, at a point, like it's like, it's your life, you know, you can, was that, it a matter of just doing it a lot of times, like over and over, like I being comfortable so. with it? And 
Yeah, I think part of it is like a, a muscle memory. Like you just go up there and you're like, I mean, also too, like when you first start, you're like, okay, you don't really know like what's the worst thing that can happen to you. What is the worst thing? I mean, I mean, honestly, most of the time it's just bombing, which doesn't feel great, but it's like, well, it's not like if you bomb, like you can't do comedy anymore. It's right. not like you're banned for life. It's like, oh, okay, you just go up and write more jokes, you know, let's, you know, try it again, try it, go somewhere else. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure most professional comedians have bombed oh, plenty yeah. of times, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, anytime I want to feel bad, I think about uh, Brian Regan, who's, uh, you know, like awesome. He's probably one of the best working comics you know, in the world right now, he did a, a event like a, like a corporate event, like four years ago, you know, like for some like golf guys and they, oh God. and they just didn't like him. And they were like, Oh, you do this professionally. <laughs> like, you know, I'm saying this to Brian Regan, like wow. one of the funniest people on the planet, you know? So he got, there was a wrong audience for him, I guess, huh? I, that's, well, I think the moral of that story is don't do corporate gigs. Well, <laughs> Just give everyone alcohol. And totally. Like, yes. Yeah. That's all your, your employees. Sometimes want. the big paycheck's not the, not the best decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give them a day off. That's what they really want. They don't want a party. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So why did yeah. you want to do it? Like, why did you want to like first comedy is kind of scary to, it's, it would be scary to me. So what what made you want to decide to do that? This this group that kind of got you interested, or I think it was a lot of things. Um, I've always been a fan of stand up. Um, I've I've watched it since I was a kid, and I've always sought it out. I always had a bunch of comedy albums and stuff like that. And then I I went through kind of a terrible breakup, like around the the spring I started in two thousand seven, and I just was sad and mm-hmm. wanted to do something else, like. So I just was like, what do, why don't I just try this open mic like one time? Like, why don't I just come up with five minutes worth of jokes? No, are and... breakups good material? <laughs> I think they're great material. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think, I think depression, heartbreak and yeah, pretty much they get. And also it's good to just have put something else in your brain. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cathartic then. I would. Yeah. I would. Uh, that would be difficult to, to share. In, you know, in front of people, you know, I didn't really talk about um, the, the first time I did it. I didn't really talk about breakups so much. Like I, I kind of just had general. I, I feel like most people when they first do comedy, like I feel almost everybody has like a five minute set they can do. I think a lot of people have been thinking out for a year. They've like, all right, I've got this joke I've been wanting to do for like three, four years now. And we'll see how it goes. And <laughs> and it actually went pretty well. Um, the first time I, I went, like I had planned to do it once uh-huh. just, and it was like, God, I guess I'm coming back next week. People <laughs> like, laughed. Yeah. People I, laughed. People laughed. Uh, I mean, a lot of my friends were, were there, uh, which helped, but I mean, strangers laughed at me. It was good. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh. You started that just before you kind of moved out to Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. So, and so then you got to Phoenix. Were you looking for a scene or? Yeah, I was. Uh, I basically got here and was looking for shows and mics and stuff like that. And the scene here was bigger just because the city is bigger, but it was still, I'd say, like a quarter of the size it is now. 
Totally. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's one of the things I thought of when I wanted to have you on the show last year is that I look at like maybe like the last 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. and there was really nothing like kind of the early 2000s, you know, here and there. Yeah. But not like this like kind of grassroots movement that we've had in the last 10 years. What do yeah. you think of that? Like, where do you think that came from? Because it, it, it definitely happened. Like, it didn't come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, people started doing uh, stand-up comedy, you know? Well, I think there's a boom everywhere. Because, I mean, there's okay. there's decent Not just scenes. in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's decent scenes everywhere. Like, um, there's a really good scene in Oklahoma City. There's a really good scene in Des Moines, Iowa. There's a really good scene in Knoxville. And I think part of it is people, you know, went to LA, they went to New York, they saw all these comedy shows that were popping up that were kind of indie and alt. And uh, they're like, you know, I, I would enjoy that. I'd like to see that in my hometown. And, uh-huh. and I would say even take it a next fir- step further to say that minus LA, Chicago, whatever, mm-hmm. like the DIY movement was just there kind of. And people were like, I'm just going to do this, you know? Yeah. I want to start a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think that's part of it too, is there's so many ways now that it's, it's become a lot more accessible. Right. Like one of the reasons I didn't do stand up comedy before, um, cause I started when I was, I think 25, I think is how old I was. Um, and I just had no idea like how to do it. I'm like, right. do I just go to an open mic at a club, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like how do you, how do people become comedians? And, and do you like, think that was good though, in the sense that it allowed you to kind of approach it organically and just learn your own, your own, um, way of working. I think so. Like, I mean, I've been pretty happy with, you know, the process and like just, you know, first getting into shows that were started by my friends and then going to the scene here where I mean, a lot of it has developed over the last couple of years. Right. And I mean, and Oklahoma City or Phoenix are, are very similar in the way that they're both kind of like the wild, wild west for like arts. And totally. yeah, like it's really easy to build a scene here. I mean, there's lots of people here. There's lots of artistic people here, but we're not organized like the big cities. And, you know, like people don't always know how to seek things out. Or to, or even know to seek things out, and coming from Oklahoma City, where you you have to like those things exist in Oklahoma City, but you they're not always the most obvious thing about Oklahoma City. Right. So you have to just you know I'm used to going okay, all right, where do I find my people? Right. Yeah. They're they're out there. I know they are because <laughs> that's where Phoenix Phoenix is kind of be- or it was. It's becoming much more kind of like mainstreamish, but Phoenix has always kind of been like. Well, oh, there's nothing to do, but oh yes, there is. You just have oh, to work yeah. a little, little harder, you know. And it's, and it's really been kind of cool to see the comedy scene, like completely, really grow. Um, like looking back, mm-hmm. what are you, what are your thoughts on that, and like just where it's come? Yeah. Well, when I first started, it was, I mean, probably like four or five shows a week, maybe, which is not nothing. But it's a lot smaller now. Now we probably have two or three shows every weeknight. And then on the weekends, we have several clubs. You know, we have several independent shows. Um, We are starting to have more um, storytelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's become a big thing in the last couple of years. A lot of comics have participated in that. It's been great. Um, But, and there's also, um, it's more diverse too. Um, When I first started, it really, there weren't many women doing it. Uh, there was maybe me, um, a Jill Kimmel and, um, Ronnie D 
how to show at Muff Mondays. Uh, oh, wow. That was very cool. I that forgot was, about Muff Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was that was one of the shows. I, I feel like that show had like a really big impact on me in comedy. Because really? that was something I kind of had in my mind when I first started. It was like, I want to do like a variety show. Tell, that, tell everybody what Muff yeah. Monday was. Yeah. Because a lot of people yeah. don't know. I'll back up. <laughs> yeah. From a show that hasn't been around. For, for a while now. Yeah. 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 Um, it was started by uh, Ronnie D, um, Amy Jean Page, and Jackie O originally. And it was um, it was a female-oriented uh, variety show. And it was like stand-up comedy, um, improv. Which really hadn't been yeah. done that much. Yeah. Female variety, like not, you know, not in Phoenix as much, I no. don't think, you know? No, not at all. And I was like. And it could go run the spectrum, I'm, you know, as yeah. far, like really racy to all different kinds of things, you know? Yeah. And uh, it used to be uh, what it was at the Ruby Room, which is now Last Exit Live. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So like um, it, it basically was uh, and Ronnie D was the host and uh, she brought her, you know, her own distinctive personality to it. And she made it kind of like a, a show, like a variety show. And it was like a one one show was like also like a almost like a garage sale or like a swap where you like women could bring in clothes and like trade. Oh, wild. Yeah. And it was a really... show basically though too, huh? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's awesome actually. <laughs> it was really fun. And I was like, God, it, it doesn't just have to be, you know, dick jokes. <laughs> right. And so you so... did Scott, uh, stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right mm-hmm. there. At what point did Bird City come to mind? Well, I, I had a festival in mind for a couple of years. Um, and I actually, I went to LA a couple years ago, uh, 2014, and I just happened to go when they had Riot LA, which is uh, this comedy festival that takes place in downtown LA. It's like basically at like, I think it's like five or six venues, like really close to each What's other. What's it called again? Uh, Riot LA. Riot? Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's it's awesome. It's, you know, I mean, LA, you have so many people that, you know, that live there and want to be part of it. But it was like, it's kind of an alt comedy festival. Right. I was like, God, this would be so cool if we could do something like this in Phoenix. Gotcha. I was 2014 when I went. And then um, I got involved with a Big Pine Comedy Festival up in Flagstaff, uh, which Ryan Stalder started. And now um, Hilary Hudson and Jack Alvin are taking over. And um, I basically just uh, helped with everything from submissions to... You kind of figured out the lay of the land in terms of festivals and stuff like that and how they work and organize and all that stuff? Yeah. So I I got like a lot of those ideas. And then I also attended a couple festivals. Um, I went to Beast Village um, Comedy Festival in Des Moines. I went to Scruffy City Comedy Festival in, um, in Knoxville and just kind of borrowed ideas for my festival cool. and just saw how people do it. So, uh, hmm. and, uh, and then decided to bring it here. What is something that you might've learned from just organizationally mm-hmm. and how to deal with it? Cause you, how many, how many artists do you have this year? For uh, we have a little bit under a hundred. That is a lot of artists. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just curious how, how you organize such a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you basically, you just, I, just keep notes on everything. I, I have like a almost like a murder board <laughs> of of just like here's where everybody is in the show. Like because um, this is uh, a yeah. year long. This is a year. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to organize this festival? Like this year? I'd say because this is your second year doing. Yeah, it. it's it's working a little bit on it every day for about six months. Six months. Okay, yeah. so that's a long time. Yeah, because you've got to uh, 
you've got to collect submissions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I can't just go, hey, Genevieve, can I be in the show? Like, No. <laughs> it's a good thing. So somebody has to, has to send a clip or something, I imagine, right? Yeah, that's the easiest way. Yeah. I mean, we, we get about 400 submissions. Okay. So, and we, we try to, you know. And you we, have a group of, group of like a committee or whatever that goes through all that mm-hmm. stuff? Okay. Yeah. So it's not just me. No, no, no. I would, that'd be very difficult. <laughs> I'm not the do. only one I that, would, yeah, yeah. So you, you have you have people uh, on a committee that helps you with all this stuff. Yeah. And, so, um, yeah, submissions, I mean, a lot of that's easy, like setting up the, the website and stuff like that. I did that all the first year pretty quickly. I think I had that, I had like a website, I had like a LLC registered. <laughs> Some um, of the one-time things you got yeah. down so that you don't have to worry about right now. Yeah. Now, so is it, has it been a little more smooth sailing this year? I think year? so. I, um, our first year went pretty well. So, um, we really haven't this year a lot of people have heard of us and and actually you know i don't have to do like the sweaty elevator pitch like <laughs> all the time so just like hey i'm i'm starting this comedy festival and it's going to be 3 days and we're going to take it downtown and you know i don't know so, so. you got over 100 artists you got <laughs> yeah. how many venues I think we have 10. Okay. Um, I think it's nine or 10. And so. they're all basically downtown Phoenix or? Mm-hmm, pretty okay. much. I think um, the only one that's a little, the most northern one is Newton. Um, okay. Which is at gotcha. Changing Hands Bookstore. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it starts, what are the dates again? April? April 6th through 9th. And are you ready? What's left? What do you have to do before <laughs> now and then to make sure everything's good to go? Oh, boy. Um, I basically got a... Um, Web content, stuff like that, just miscellaneous. Uh, God, I'm trying to think. There's so many like small things. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of it's like just checking in with people and right. making sure. Don't forget to yeah. show up for your gig. <laughs> and do they get paid, by the way? The headliners do. Okay. So who are some folks that you have for uh, this year? Okay. We've got um, Aparna Nonshurla. Um, she's, a, she's a comedian. She's really funny. She's on Conan. Um, we've got Brent Weinbach, uh, he's hilarious, kind of an alt guy. Um, we've got Greg Barrett. A couple years ago, he wrote, uh, he's just not that into you, but he's, yes. he's done, he's very accomplished comedian and he's, he's done King Sweater. Um, he's done Uncool. Um, he also has, a he sings with the, the Reigning Monarchs, which is like, um, a, a surfer band. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's got all things, all kinds of things going yeah. on, huh? Um, we've got uh, JT Habersat, he's a comedian out of Austin. It's really funny. Uh, just released an album called Misanthrope. Uh, we've got Mishka Shabali. Um, he's a storyteller and a singer, uh, travels all around. And uh, he was actually in Bird City last year. Cool. And um, Christine Levine from Tucson. She actually just moved uh, to Tucson from Portland and she was in Portlandia. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's really funny. Oh, um, interesting. We've got Danny LaBelle, um, he was on uh, This American Life, and WTF with Mark Marin. Okay. And uh, he's like a comedian and, storyteller. And it's not just stand-up, though, too, right? You've got sketch mm-hmm. and improv as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? And storytelling. Good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like if you're not totally into stand-up, there's other options for you as Oh, well. yeah, totally. we got a little something for everybody. Cool. Yeah. And you have had the headliners like each night, I take it, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday night, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious just how to get a little, maybe a little f- philosophical. How do you work as a comedian? Like what is your, how do you work? I mean, do you, are you at a point where you pretty much have a, have like a, a way you work or are you kind of all over the place? 
It really depends on what I'm writing. Um, a lot of it, I, I, I like to write before I go on stage and then I like to tell the joke. And then basically when you're telling the joke, you learn certain things, like you get feedback from the audience and that helps shape your joke. Because sometimes what sounds really cute and writerly, you know, in your own home, like you go on stage and you're like, oh, kind of. That didn't, that missed. Yeah, no, and. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is. Um, so you, you kind of need both. I can't write purely from the stage, but I also can't write purely from home. So so when you say purely from the stage, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of comics that write basically like in the moment. Like they think they'll start thinking about a topic. They'll have like a nugget and they'll oh, go from okay. there. It's kind of instinctual yeah. and they just go off and then mm-hmm. they recall it basically off stage and try and rewrite it or shape it or whatever yeah i think and i i can't work that way gotcha. <laughs> yeah i i gotta i gotta write it down i gotta have that uh connection and it it sometimes it sometimes uh i like to try things out a couple times to see if they work and they don't work after that's what i was gonna say yeah. you have to like test it out a little bit right yeah and can it all just depend on the audience sometimes because you sometimes, could have a yeah. great joke one audience and another and then they just don't get it does that happen yeah that happens okay. yeah so like if it Works, yeah. Sometimes if it works one place, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, great," and then you try it at another place, and it just thuds. And then <laughs> are there some, there's some point that you know, well, okay, this joke's pretty solid. I've done it enough time. You know, you're gonna get a laugh most times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After a while, then it becomes a regular part of the act. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And so, how deep is your repertoire at this point? Like, how many jokes do you have that you can go on stage and rely upon? I probably have. Um, a good 20 to 30 minutes, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, at that at that point, like... Dang. Is that the longest set you've done? Yeah, about there. About 30? Okay. Yeah. So like closer to 25. But, but yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. that's a long time. I mean, I mean, when you think about... You have to be like... I mean, like the big time comedians, mm-hmm. they do... What are their shows? Hour and a half, two hours maybe? Oh, they do like they... 45, 60 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah, I haven't quite gotten there yet. I mean, part it's a of... Lot. Yeah. But maybe someday. <laughs> so. Well, it just seems like you just got to keep building and building. I mean, like, I imagine some jokes aren't as timely and, you know, and you mm-hmm. can't use them as often. And Well, yeah. That, and then <clears throat> that's part of it, too, is, like, the older the joke is, like, sometimes you're just not connected to it. Mm-hmm. Yourself, like, yourself, personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some jokes that are good jokes, but I'm like, like, I have a joke about my car breaking down in a bad neighborhood. And, like, basically, and I'm like, okay. I haven't had that car in six years. You're not so, connected to it. But it's yeah. still kind of universal in a way, though, yeah. because everybody's had their car broke, b- yeah. broken down, you know? Yeah. So, But like, if you're not connected to the joke, then it probably doesn't work as well, yeah. right? Yeah, but um, it's, I mean, so and it's also just feels good to write new stuff. Right. Like, it's it, there's a certain excitement when you're trying out something new, even if it doesn't work. Like, you're just like, I really want to see how this works. I really want to try out this new line on this joke, and it it's a lot it feels even like adding just like a a two line joke or a line here and there like it really can make a difference to your energy in the set so wow yeah and it's fun i li- i like writing jokes and i um i write a lot for social media too right yeah so yeah i can tell i mean that's i mean on facebook i can tell you that's I get the feeling that you're kind of feeling things out through Facebook and seeing what hits mm-hmm. and what doesn't, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I just, I write directly for the stage, but sometimes things from social media will go into my act 
which always involves a little, you know, it always involves a little tweaking for the stage, but it's, right. it's, it's fun. <laughs> well, and if it's working on social media, there's a good chance it might work for stage. It just has to be yeah. presented maybe a little differently. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I mean, and what's nice about social media too is like you can write a, a lot about current events and and stuff like that. I mean, stuff you wouldn't necessarily write a joke about because it's probably going to last. Yeah. You know, other interesting yeah. thing is you can make a career out of that. You mm -hmm. know, people have made a career out of Twitter yeah. comedy, basically. <laughs> you know, which so there's that too. I mean, and you know, social media is just a completely different venue than stand up comedy. You know. Yeah. But it's still comedy, I guess, and you know. Uh I mean I've I've met so many people through social media. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's been amazing. So So what are you what are you kind of thinking about these days? I mean Trump is an obviously an obvious target, <laughs> but you know, is it there anything looms else over us all. Yeah. <laughs> Is, is there anything that you've, uh, I mean, aside from Trump or anything that you've been thinking about that you might try out at Bird City? For you, I mean, what what are some things you might talk about at Bird City? At Bird City, I'm actually only doing one show because okay. I'm organizing it. So too much um, time, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a, a well, live. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm doing a live. Thank you for being a podcast okay. uh, with my co-host Anthony DiCimito. It's a Golden Girls podcast, and uh, we watch the show and then we discuss it with people. Basically, we have guests. Yes, uh, and I was a guest on there once yes. as well. Yeah, you were. <laughs> and so you're. Uh, so this is. Uh, when's your next podcast episode? Uh, they come out every Wednesday. So, oh wow! Yeah, and you've done. You're probably hitting close to three seasons right now. No. Yeah, I think we're we're almost uh, to 150 episodes. I think. Wow. Yeah, the it's Golden crazy. Girls would be proud of you. <laughs> and so Anthony has to do that from LA most of the time. No. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, he can come here occasionally and we'll load up on episodes or I'll come to okay. LA and then we'll load up on episodes. But most of the time, yeah, we, we basically, uh, we record on one end and we do it through the phone. So, right. Totally. <laughs> the modern age. And so, so obviously it seems that you're going to be obviously busy for, um, Bird City. Do you mm -hmm. have any other dates coming up for stand up for you? Are you going to, are you going to? Is that coming a little after the Bird City, so you can? Uh, a lot after Bird City. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of give myself a little bit of a breather, but um, yeah, um, I do have the set list or not set list, uh, switch. Um, I have the switch, oh, yeah. which is like improvised stand up. That's going to be on March 29th Okay, at Crescent Ballroom. Um. So. And what is switch? You said improvised stand up, but. What does that mean? Um, basically, people can text in topics. Okay. And they just flash up on a screen. And I think you get three topics a set and you just have to make oh, up jokes fun. on the spot. So it's really fun. That and is fun. It actually is great, like showing up to a show without a set list in mind. You know, it, it really can depend on what you talk about. Um, they also have these debates too, where like they give, like you basically, they have two people and. They have a topic, and you have to. One of them has to argue against it, and one of them has to argue for it. Oh, and that's part of switch. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that's that's really fun. Cool. The thirtieth, I'm on. Um, the thirtieth of April, I'm on. Um, let's see. It's called uh, the Estrogen Hour at, at Laughs in Tucson, and it's uh, an all female stand up show. I think Nancy Stanley runs it. So I always ask this question of everybody because this podcast is really Phoenix centric. Mm -hmm. Phoenix has grown a lot, obviously. You've seen the scene grow, the, the comedy yeah. scene grow big time. Where do you see Phoenix, or what would you like to see Phoenix in the next 10, 15 years in terms of comedy or just in terms of Phoenix in general or 
it's really kind of an open-ended question, however you want to answer it. But like, mm-hmm. what do you see like 10, 15 years from now? Well, I, I'd like to see more people just starting shows and, and doing and making sure that they're professionally produced and like really seeing, you know, the quality out and, um, and really taking it seriously. Because that's, I mean, I, there's so many people in our scene that are doing that and it's great and it really elevates our entire scene. So I'd like to see a lot more of that too. You're not going anywhere, are you? Moving to LA or no? Probably not. <laughs> Do you like LA? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I I'm a I, I like everywhere. Like I I I am sure I could find something I like about it. But right. like uh, my husband was interviewing for a job out there. He's he's a professor and a musician, and we we're kind of like, oh man, houses are so expensive mm. out there. Like <laughs> it's kind of easy living comparatively, you know. It, yeah. I drove to, to LA a couple like a month ago, and it took me seven hours to get to Santa Monica. And that's just a yes. long time. And that was on a Sunday, you know? Yeah, that's the the traffic on the weekends really gets to me. Like it shouldn't be that busy, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of that. And it's also paying for parking everywhere, like even at a right. mall. I'm like, yeah. I'm buying things. I don't want to pay for parking. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> Right. Twenty yeah. years from now, hopefully it won't be like that in Phoenix, you know what I mean? Yes, that would that would be nice. But um, I always kind of like see Phoenix as like LA's little stepchild, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm little cousin or something like that i i still see it just uh it's i mean it is kind of a it's a big city and i'm Mm -hmm. both physically and and with a lot of people and i think what's nice about it is you can make what you want with it the comedy scene has grown um my husband's a big part of the jazz scene and it's really grown oh wow cool yeah so yeah jazz is another thing that's really kind of taken off in the last even less than 10 years you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of, Phoenix has become a lot, you've got a lot more options here for sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I'm, there was a lot of jazz that was kind of like ambient music at, you know, uh, the resorts. And now you're you're seeing, you're seeing a lot more independent shows. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. And that's one thing that's, that's a key to a big city, I feel like, having like good jazz, you know? Um, well, hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully we'll see what happens with your husband. We'll see. Hopefully you're not going anywhere. Um and so, like, what might you say to somebody, because you've been doing this for a little while now, what might you say to somebody that's interested in kind of starting out? Um, I, I think basically um, just do it. Like, get, you know, a few minutes together and try it out. And, I mean, see how you feel and try it out a couple different places. I mean, there's plenty of places to do it now. These, yeah. It's pretty easy. And it's not the end of the world if you don't do well, you know, your first time. But, you know, it's, that's where you need to start. So, Got to start yeah. somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Thank you for being on the show. Nice. <laughs> We're looking forward to Bird City. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, everybody's heard about the bird. The bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner. Well, the bird, bird, bird. Well, the bird is a winner. So, guys, I got to tell you, I, uh, a new secret menu item at In-N-Out. Uh, you guys know what the secret menu is, oh, right? Hell yeah. yeah, you get something uh, protein style, which means it's wrapped in lettuce instead of with a bun. Uh, you think animal style, uh, which means a raccoon serves it to you. <laughs> well, I've discovered if you go to In-N-Out 
and to order a butt Santa. What? <laughs> while covered in blood and pay entirely in doll heads, they will make a call to the police. <laughs> so, tip for all your foodies out there. But, uh, that was a good time to mention that I'm married. Yeah. Old butt Santa here is off the market. <laughs> but uh, I haven't always been married. Um, I wasn't a married baby or anything. Uh, I did. I did go on some dates in my day. I went on some bad dates. Uh, I went out with a gentleman who ordered milk on a date. Uh, wait, back up and explain the horror of the situation. Um, we weren't eating anything spicy. Um, he was a human male. He had a whole list of beverages before him. And the beverage that he chose to drink in front of me was milk. And I just had to take it. Uh, yeah, so I dated a man who told me that I was the prettiest girl who worked at Sears. Uh, I also dated a man who very casually admitted that he stole $8,000 from his job. <laughs> and that was not the last date. <laughs> This episode of On the Grid officially opened my eyes to something. Something I've spoken about with a number of guests. Genevieve and I talked about how much comedy has grown in the last 10 years. When I moved back to Phoenix from L.A. in 2004, there were certainly more opportunities for stand-up than there was before I left four years earlier. But now, it seems like there's always some new person coming out of the woodwork to try their five minutes on stage. And it's been happening culturally across the board in this city. And on a national level as well. Serious growth has hit a number of subcultures. Improv comedy, stand-up comedy, independent filmmaking, and meanwhile, theater and music are solidifying their presence in the Valley. What we have in Phoenix is a DIY culture that has taken shape in the last decade or so, and now it's really starting to take hold. We have the Phoenix Improv Festival, Viva Phoenix, McDowell Mountain Music Festival, and of course, most recently, Bird City Comedy Festival. Just to name a few. And now, probably the biggest step in elevating our city to a cultural destination is soon upon us. Phoenix will be getting a big league music festival. It's called Lost Lake, and it's set for the end of October at Indian Steel Park. We're talking about a serious festival, a festival akin to Coachella. Actually, Lost Lake is from the creators of Outside Lands and Bonnaroo, so they pretty much know what they're doing. And they were smart enough to schedule it at the end of October. <laughs> Take heed, Phoenix. Those summer months are starting to get hotter.
If you'd like to reach us, we can be found at onthegridphx.com or email us at onthegridphx at gmail.com. On the Grid is produced by Chris Ayers. Intro music was performed by local band Factories. They can be reached at factoriesmusic.com. And, by the way, sticking with our theme of local, we feature local musical artists on each episode of our podcast. This episode, we focus on jazz because every big city should have a jazz scene. And because Genevieve's husband is trying to make that happen, we'll play out a piece by him. His name is Jeff Liebman, and the piece is called Stop Hitting Yourself from his 2016 album, Strange Beauty. And don't forget to check out Bird City Comedy Festival, April 6th through 9th at various venues in Phoenix. For more info on that, go to birdcitycomedyfestival.com. And once again, thank you guys so much for joining us on our 13th episode of On the Grid. Thank you.
Thank you.